Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Hey, real quick. This episode is brought to you by Progressive where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hello, hello, and welcome to the new Mindset Who Dis podcast. My name is Case Kenny at Case.Kenny on Instagram, and this is my weekly podcast where I create short, no BS episodes dedicated to helping you be the person you're meant to be, leave your comfort zone, and live a fulfilling and purposeful life. Let's go. Welcome to episode 413. Hello, my friend. Welcome to a fresh new episode of New Mindset Who This. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for supporting me. And today I have something I'm really excited to talk about. It's a topic that I think, unfortunately, we can all relate to drama, conflict, but it's in a way that's new to me. It's a new way to dissect it. It's kind of similar to how I've approached attachment styles in the past. That's a something that I think we all intuitively are aware that we have in our lives, the way that we've been conditioned. But then, you know, we can find out that, uh, you know, some very smart people, psychologists, therapists, and so on, have really studied uh, the subject matter and have applied specific labels to each. It's kind of in line with that. Something that we intuitively can recognize but um, we can better identify it by breaking it down in a really specific way. And for this, we're going to lean on the studies, the learnings, the conclusions of someone named Stephen Karpman. Until recently, I hadn't heard uh, of him. Shout out to my friend Kyle, who caught me up uh, on Mr. Karpman. We were on a road trip this past weekend in Portland, and we got to talking about something called the drama triangle, um, which is the brainchild of Stephen Karpman. Uh, you know, just a little light road trip banter. And Kyle introduced me to this concept. And I spent the past couple of days learning everything I can about this topic. And it's really, really fascinating. The drama triangle. And Stephen Cartman is this psychiatrist, and he's the creator of the drama triangle. And basically, this is an like an inverted triangle that outlines three roles that we can play in life three roles, the rescuer, the persecutor, and the victim. And each one of these roles describe how people respond to conflict in life. So the drama triangle is just that, how we respond to conflict, how we respond to drama in life and relationships. 
the rescuer, the persecutor, and the victim. And each describes how we innately respond to drama and how we've been conditioned to respond that way via our conditioning. Again, similar to the concept of attachment styles, that is how we've been conditioned to exist in a relationship, you know, anxious, avoidant, dismissive, and so on. But these roles here, specifically the rescuer, the persecutor, the victim, these are specific to conflict. They describe our conditioning in childhood and how we take that conditioning into our relationships and how we innately are like wired to respond to drama in life. So for this episode, I'm going to do a quick summary of what I've learned and what I think we can take from this. I think it's a really fascinating topic Um, and I'm going to break down each role and then give some thoughts on what each mean. And I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode uh, because at minimum, I think you're going to become a bit more self-aware of your own habits um, when it comes to drama and you'll be better able to spot other people's habits as well. So you can challenge them both real quick before I get into it. I want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. You know BetterHelp. I've been partnering with them for the past couple of months, and I'm really glad I do uh, that I can point you their way because they provide an immediate resource for you if you're in need of therapy, if you're in need of just having someone to talk to, someone who is qualified, someone who has experience, someone who can help you. Um, That's what therapy offers, someone who can be there for you when you need to talk, someone who can challenge you, someone who can help you lower your your walls so you can understand what exactly is going on in your life and then how they can use their expertise to help you. So I'd really encourage you to check out BetterHelp if you've been on the fence about trying therapy. I think the world of BetterHelp and their platform, it is an online platform where you are matched with a therapist within 48 hours and then you can engage with them via weekly calls video, chat, and more. There's no hanging out in a waiting room. It's cheaper than traditional therapy. Uh, And of course, I think the biggest value here is you get immediate access to a therapist. You're matched within 48 hours and you're matched with someone that matches what you need most. It could be as simple as just wanting someone to talk to. It can be in response to something specific in life, relationship issues, family issues, trauma, BetterHelp has specifically designed their platform and has therapists who can help you with whatever it is you need most or who can help you identify what you need most. So you can visit betterhelp.com forward slash new mindset and get 10% off your first month of therapy. That's betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com forward slash new mindset and get 10% off. Let's talk about this topic here. Let's break down these three roles of the drama triangle, rescuer, persecutor, and victim. And again, these roles describe how we tend to be in response to drama and conflict in life. And it's important to note that you can have more than one role. You can be a certain role when it comes to family drama, another in romantic, another in your job, and so on. So pay close attention to these descriptions and try to apply them to different areas of your life. And also think about the people in your life. Um, they can be more than one role as well. Uh, and also, I'll just say that there's a lot of great resources out there on this subject, including the original book by Cartman titled A Game-Free Life. Um, I also researched a lot of different resources for this. There's a TED Talk by someone named Lucy Barnes that was pretty good, a research paper by Deborah J. Clark at Central Michigan University that was good, but a lot of great resources out there. But I've uh, summarized these all for you and have leaned on my own perspective here to kind of bring out some of the points that I think are most important. Let's start with the rescuer. The rescuer wants to, quote, help others. They want to rescue others. And they serve themselves by trying to fix other people. 
and they often neglect their own needs by trying to focus on other people's needs. And a lot of the time, the rescuer starts with good intentions to help, but it can lead to a desire to control, to manipulate, and can then lead to a subconscious desire, a need to feel validated by helping others. And I think this role is really fascinating because oftentimes this person has their own significant life issues that need attention, but they prioritize helping others as an escape from those issues. They exhaust themselves by doing this and they feel guilty if they're not helping other people. And I'm sure you can see how this might appear in relationships, taking on someone's problems as your own, not being happy unless they are fixed, they are happy, they are healed. But At its core, the rescuer's desire to help others, it reflects a deep-seated desire to belong, to be validated by projecting their ability onto other people. Their worth comes from how much they can give and give and give to others to other people. A rescuer tends to avoid their own feelings by focusing on other people. They use conflict, they use drama, they use a need for resolution to connect with other people. And much like attachment styles, this conflict is born during childhood, during your upbringing. And according to this theory, a rescuer usually inherits this need for validation, this I can fix you mentality as a result of being smothered by one's parents, not given any leeway to lean into their own self-care, not given independence, not given an ability to freely love themselves. And so in adulthood, it becomes a, you know, a measurement of how much they can give to others as a way of validating themselves. Give, give, give. I can fix you. I can help you. I can save you. And obviously, you know, it sounds like a good intention, but it can become controlling. It could become a huge distraction from one's own problems. So recognize this in yourself and others. On on your end, are you distracting yourself from your own issues by throwing all your worth and all your value into fixing someone else or someone in your life? Are they avoiding their own issues by constantly trying to fix and change you? Maybe it's become a controlling thing for them. And at the end of this episode, I'll give my thoughts on how to remove yourself from this triangle. But in the immediate, know that the key here is to flip the script. You are not responsible for someone else to change. You can and you should empower them. You should give them help. You should be perceptive for them. But you don't need to rescue them. So the challenge here is to ask yourself, why? Why do I need to be the rescuer? Instead of rescuing, how can you help? How can you help empower? So that's the rescuer. More on that in a little bit. Now let's talk about the persecutor. The persecutor. The persecutor is defined by blaming someone else, by saying someone else is the cause of the conflict of the drama. The persecutor protects themselves by putting others down. This, again, is also born in childhood by likely helicopter parents, overly strict parents who are always right, who ruled with an iron fist with absolute authority. And it's also the product of abuse potentially in childhood, where then in adulthood, you always feel that you're being attacked. And as a result, you're always on the defensive. And the result of that like subconscious defense mode is you're always looking for evidence that you need to defend yourself. Hey, real quick, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And you know, if you're like me, you're always wishing for more time in life, right? Like, I wish I had more time. I wish I had more time to do blank. I wish, I wish, I wish. And as much as practically having a couple more hours in a day would be cool, a bit more time to do what we love instead of jobs and responsibilities, it begs the question, what would we do with that time? Not just wishful, I want more time, but for what? What would I do with that time? What really matters to me? 
What brings me joy? What enhances my life instead of just filling time and space with? Well, to answer that question, I think therapy can help. Therapy can help you find what matters so you can do more of it. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash New Mindset today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash New Mindset. Hey, real quick, this episode is sponsored by Hero Bread. And something I'm into lately, as simple as it sounds, is toast. A nice toasted piece of bread, so simple, maybe some butter, maybe some jam, but just toast. It's the best. But as someone who is making an effort to invest in my health and fitness and diet, the carb fear is real. And the result is I don't get to enjoy a nice piece of toast as often or as guilt-free as I'd like. So I'm definitely grateful for Hero Bread. Their bread options have zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams sugar, and it's high in fiber. It's got the same soft, fluffy experience you love when enjoying a BLT or a burrito or a burger or toast. And they were kind enough to send me some loaves, and I can attest to it being the same experience I crave, but now guilt-free. They also sent me some tortillas, which are great. They have bread loaves, buns, biscuits, tortillas, anything to match your bread cravings. So don't give up on being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code newmindset at checkout. That's newmindset at h-e-r-o dot c-o. And much like the example set for you during childhood, potentially, you become critical of others, you cast blame to others, you find fault, you try to control others. And ultimately, this response comes from a lack of worth, self-worth. A persecutor defends themselves by using the thing they never had growing up, which is authority and control. And they rationalize this as a way to strike back against people who they perceive hurt them or who they perceive, you know, they care about these people in some roundabout way. The rescuer is someone who rescues, who fixes. The persecutor is a blamer. And much like the rescuer is using fixing and rescuing to distract themselves, a persecutor is also doing the same. They don't want to address their own feelings of worthlessness or inadequacy, so they use authority to overpower others to establish themselves. What do you think about this one? Can you relate to this one in some way? Or maybe you've ha- you've been with someone who you're like, whoa, that is a persecutor. Maybe that was someone who always felt the need to be in control of you, who tried to project a sense of superiority, who judged you, who was self-righteous, who was incapable of being honest or vulnerable, someone who denied, denied, denied. Or maybe this is you in some instance. Maybe in some instances, you are the persecutor, maybe at work, maybe in a relationship. But Either way, escaping this side of the triangle comes down to challenging the behavior. It comes down to taking responsibility, being self-aware, and not gut reacting by blaming others. More on this in a bit, but again here, the key is awareness, and I hope by maybe even just hearing these definitions is giving you something to think about either in yourself and your own behavior or with a partner or a friend or whoever it may be. Last up on the drama triangle is the victim. And this is really the essential role in any conflict because in order for there to be someone who persecutes, someone who rescues, there has to be a victim in the first place and there has to be this role 
that is a role where someone feels powerless, where they feel that they're the victim, where they feel that they're unable to change anything about the outcome. And the really interesting thing about this role is that the victim can then become the persecutor or the rescuer in response to being the victim because the victim has a mentality of poor me, but then they can transcend that by blaming other people for that pain, aka being a persecutor, or they can, you know, rescue other people by escaping their own victimhood and trying to fix other people. But at its core, a victim feels a victim. They feel helpless. They feel lost. They feel unable to change anything about their circumstances. And a victim might also be attracted to a rescuer so that they could be saved, or they might stay a victim as a result of being blamed by a persecutor. And much like the other two roles on the triangle, a victim neglects their self, their self-awareness, their self-love. They distract themselves by assuming that they are unfixable, that they're totally broken, that they're unlovable. And again, this is also rooted in upbringing and conditioning from a fear of abandonment, from a lack of love, from a lack of self-love. And the result is a permanent state of feeling unworthy. You know, a victim doesn't stand up for themselves. They believe the past is an indicator of the future. They feel that their needs are not real and valid. And this can further manifest in anger and blame and lack of fulfillment. But ultimately, much like the other roles, the victim doesn't take responsibility for their feelings. So... There we go. There's the three roles in the drama triangle. Again, these are the roles that we or other people innately shift into in response to drama, conflict, whatever it is in an interpersonal relationships. And I'd ask you, which of these can you relate to? Again, either in yourself or a partner or a friend or a coworker, whatever it may be. We need to look at this through the lens of ourselves and other people. The purpose of the, the triangle is, of course, to help us categorize behavior so that we can then identify it and then challenge it. Um, and the triangle, then it describes our, our initial, our gut reaction to life, to drama. And by providing us uh, a simplified view of that behavior and categorization, we can then better identify the triggers, the things that trigger our innate response to it. And then when that's the case, we can challenge it. And much like attachment styles, the episodes I've done on that, the goal here is to challenge our conditioning. It's to acknowledge that when you are being pulled into some kind of conflict, how, why, what is the trigger that is luring you into that specific role? Which role are you entering? Victim, persecutor, rescuer. Why are you being drawn towards it? What is your upbringing? What is the conditioning in your upbringing that is leading to this response? And then, of course, how can you better cope instead of resorting to that learned behavior? And then on the flip side, when you're on the receiving end of this, when you're on the receiving end of someone filling that role, how can you challenge them? How can you be self-aware? How could you be aware of what they're doing? And I think this is all rather complicated and nuanced, of course, but know that not everyone resorts to filling a role. That would be the secure attachment style equivalent here. And obviously, that's what you want for yourself and for a partner. You want to be able to walk away from people who cannot own up to being a persecutor or a victim or a receiver. And you yourself, you deserve to find a way to walk away from your own behavior when you're resorting to those roles. And at the end of the day, I'd say, here's my take on this. Let's start with rescuer. If you resort to being a rescuer, address your problems first. Take time to heal. Try journaling, try therapy, talk about your childhood, Childhood. learn what triggers you. Challenge yourself to stop rationalizing, giving and giving and giving until you've taken time to give to yourself. 
And if you're on the receiving end of someone being a rescuer towards you, don't be pulled into the mentality of owing them something. That's controlling behavior in relationships, and it stops when you first become aware of it, and second, you challenge it. Encourage them to do the same as I just outlined. Address their own problems. Don't give in to codependency. Find a way to empower them to find self-esteem outside of being a rescuer. So that's rescuer. If you resort to being a persecutor, you have to challenge yourself to stop blaming other people. You have to look inside before you look outside. And I think this role in particular is all about self-awareness. Why? Why are you avoiding being vulnerable with yourself? Why do you feel the need to be right? Why do you feel threatened? And then on the receiving end, if you're on the receiving end of someone who is a persecutor, it's the same thought process. You deserve to be with someone who can take responsibility in their life. Someone who owns up to their behavior. Someone who doesn't feel the need to always be right, to always control, to be powerful. Just like you owe it to yourself to be more self-aware, you deserve the same in a partner, in a friend, in a boss. Learn to challenge someone who casts blame. And if they don't take steps to work through that, to challenge their conditioning, well, I think you know what to do. And then lastly, the victim. If this is you, again, learn to go within. Show yourself that you are powerful. Challenge the assumptions you've made about yourself. Poor me. Is it really poor you or do you just assume it is? Address the conditioning. Address the trauma that makes you feel powerless. Don't resort to self-blame. Find a way to be proud of yourself in some form. And the same is true for a partner you might be with who plays the victim role. How can you empower them? How can you show them their power and their life? And at the end of the day, removing yourself from the drama triangle, challenging someone else to remove themselves from the drama triangle. It's about awareness first and understanding second compassionate understanding. It's about realizing that these habits, these inclinations are a result of upbringing. And there's no blame there. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself for having these inclinations. Forgive yourself for accepting them in others and draw a new line in the sand, a new boundary that challenges your own knee-jerk reactions in yourself and in others. Why? Why are you rescuing? Why are you blaming? Why are you victimizing yourself? And why are you putting up with that behavior in other people? So on it right there, I hope this was helpful. I hope it gave you something to think about, perhaps a new observation or just something you've struggled to describe in your life. And maybe this helps you put your finger on it. But if this was helpful, I'd be so grateful if you could take maybe 30 seconds right now to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That really means a lot. It helps the show grow. So thank you so much for that. But I'll end it right here. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting me. And until next episode, I'm out. Meet Stacy. 
Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.